All right. Good morning, Christ Church. How's everyone doing? Good, good. How was Easter last week? Everybody have a great Easter? If you had a great Easter, on the count of three, say, yeah, one, two, three. All right. That's great. That's great. Um, but hey, it's me, Lance Pippen again. Uh, Stuart kind of introduced that uh, I was going to be coming out and preaching again uh, this week. Uh, we're filling in for Tim. And, and as many of you know, uh, Tim, uh, his mom passed away this past Tuesday, Miss Jane. Uh, the service, the celebration of life service was held yesterday. Um, but Tim and, and family, uh, just know that we are still praying for y'all. And, you know, over these days and weeks and months to come, uh, we are definitely praying for y'all. Um, but, hey, today we are starting a, a, a new five-week series uh, through the book of James. So many of you have probably studied or at least read through James before. And uh, the book is well known for its emphasis on uh, and teaching on two things, faith and works, which by no great coincidence is the title of this new series. Um, so that's great. Um, so a little bit more about the book of James. Uh, the book of James is believed to be the earliest or maybe the oldest book that was written uh, in the New Testament. Its author, James, uh, was a half-brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he was the pastor, he was the leader, he was the elder of the new church that was founded there in Jerusalem in the first century. Also significant to this sermon series is the intense persecution and also the adversity that the early church there faced, again, in the first century. James is not writing as a disconnect observer, but rather as an active participant in the lessons of faith and perseverance that he encourages throughout his letter. James the Just, as he was affectionately referred to, is a good pastor or a good preacher with an important message for that early church. Importantly, his message continues to be relevant as the years go by. Even here in 2023, his message is still re relevant. The persecution of the church carries on, and the experience of personal adversity is felt by every last living being. Each of these two weeks, or, or each of these weeks, these five weeks throughout this series, uh, we are going to look at two, say two. Uh, big ideas from the book of James. So today we're going to dive right into James chapter 1 and its teaching on testing and also persevering. Like I said, two things, testing and persevering. And just so you'll know, uh, we'll be looking at the ESV, uh, the English Standard Version of the Bible today. So if you're following along in your Bible app, just make sure that uh, ESV is selected for that translation. So the big idea this week or, or this morning is the testing of our faith through trials, adverse, adversity, suffering, etc. cetera, uh, produces in us a steadfast spirit and perseverance. Let me read that one more time for y'all. The testing of our faith through trials, through adversity, through suffering, etc., produces in us a steadfast spirit and perseverance. And let me tell y'all, talking about perseverance, it is an invaluable characteristic of those who put their faith in and also that follow Jesus, Jesus Christ. 
All right, so starting in James chapter 1, hopefully you've already flipped to it uh, in your Bibles. It's also going to be uh, up here on the screen behind me. Uh, But let's read uh, James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. In 3, 2, 1, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of two. This passage began with, uh, you know, internally shocking statement. It says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's hard to hear this. And imagine there be joy in the middle of trials. I can think of numerous things that I personally find joy in. A couple of things. When my Duke Blue Devils win a national championship. Uh, Haven't won one since 2015, but hey, it's going to happen. I feel like. Or if something else Ghostbusters related comes on the scene, Oh, man, I'm all about it. I think a lot of you guys know that. All right. And, uh, hey, there's a new movie coming out supposedly in December. So, yeah, man, uh, that brings me joy. Okay. Um, but, uh, but all the things in life that I personally can find joy in, man, they don't include things like pain. They don't include things like suffering or destruction or adversity. And yet, James calls the early church to joy in the middle of being persecuted. Did I just read that right? In the middle of being persecuted? You know, that doesn't sound too good, does it? Also, something else that's worth noting here is that James doesn't say if you experience trials. What does he say? He says when you do. My friends, trials and persecution are going to happen in our lives. Let me tell you, adversity was a foregone conclusion. The Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to Timothy, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul didn't write might be persecuted there. He says will be persecuted. You know, being the youth minister here at Christ Church, I've heard recently from parents about some persecution that's going on in our local school system. 
you know, for students, for kids who are Christians and really are Christians trying to stand their ground and live a life for Jesus. They want to do the right thing, but as a cost, they're getting joked about. They're being made fun of and that sort of thing because they are trying to live a life for Jesus. Has this happened to you? You know, maybe, maybe that happened to you when you were growing up, going through the school system. Maybe it's happening to you right now, students in school or adults. Maybe it's happening to you right now in the workplace. Have you ever been persecuted for living a life for Jesus? Maybe you haven't experienced persecution like that or at all. But I'm telling you today that the persecution that the early church faced, like I said, back in the first century, and that some of our Christian brothers and sisters around the world right now are facing, that persecution is something else. I mean, just a few uh, months ago, Tim was sharing updates about what was happening with our friends in, in, at CICM, uh, Ajay and Indu Law and their family there in central India. And they were facing persecution because of things that they themselves were not even responsible for to the point that they had to go run and they had to hide for, for the sake of their life. You know, I don't think any of us have come close to that kind of persecution. But hey, don't, don't think that you have lucked out or that you have been spared the trouble. Don't think that those things at all. Let me tell you, James, half-brother of Christ, goes on to articulate in our passage today that we count our trials as joy. Not because we're barbaric or ruthless or anything like that and that we just love being in pain. That's, that's not it but it's because we trust the testing of our faith. We trust the testing of our faith, and it's producing in us something of immeasurable value, something so valuable that every believer around the world needs to experience in one form or another. You know, James says, I just mentioned this, but James said, we will meet trials of various kinds. This is an extremely important point to remember as the original meaning of various kinds, that phrase, various kinds, was literally many colored. So various kinds meant many colored. I want to make sure y'all see this uh, Crayola box up here. Um, so uh, let's pause for a moment and try to remember opening a box of crayons as a child. Do you remember doing that? I mean, this box here has 96 crayons in it. Just the color. Man, that's wild. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like I said, you can see the one here. Uh, that I have here on the table. Uh, this one's been used. I might have got this when I was a kid. I, I wrote my name on the back, and it looks like Lil Lance uh, handwriting. Um, anyway, but, uh, but do you remember the first time that you broke into one of these bad boys? All right, this box of crayons. <laughs> 
How about the smell of a box of crayons when that smell of the wax just hits you right in the face? I mean, it's just like a, a new car smell or, or a live Christmas tree smell, am I right? It's like top three in smells that you can have, favorite smells. Anyway, but, uh, but try to remember the feeling that came over you when you looked at the various colors, all of the crayons. Like I said, this box here has 96 of them available to you as a young artist. Do you remember that? You know, on some level, this is the concept that is shared by James. There are a huge variety of trials, a many color palette, if you will of adversity and pain that believers around the world will experience in their lifetimes. It, it definitely does differ, this concept, from person to person, from church to church, from culture to culture. You know, we're talking about things like relational pain, mental health and well-being, physical disease and suffering, financial loss, and also external persecution. You know, this list can go on and on and on. In fact, there are people sitting right here in this room this morning that are experiencing a deep testing of their faith. There are those in our, in our midst in the middle of this room right now asking questions such as, is God even real? If God is so good, then why does he allow evil in this world? Why won't God intervene in my life? Can't he see my hurt? And lastly, why won't God heal my child, my spouse, my friend, my neighbor, my coworker, why won't God heal them? There's people in this room right now with these questions. These questions we will ask at some point along our spiritual journey. But the big question isn't, will I experience trials? But rather, when? When will I experience trials? And the good news is that although there are various trials in life, more numerous than the colors found in this box or any other box of crayons. There's also a God in heaven who is weaving every single trial, every single color into a magnificent and meaningful and beautiful tapestry. And let's give him praise for that. The trick, my friends, is learning to trust him to trust God through the process. And that's called perseverance. Perseverance. Webster's Dictionary defines the word perseverance as persisting in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Tell me, achieving what? Success. success. That's right. And for those that follow Jesus, what do you think achieving success means? Or said maybe a little differently, what would it look like to live a successful life as a follower of Jesus? 
James gives us some insight into the answer to these questions when, when he says in verse 3 and 4, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And another word for steadfastness is perseverance. All right? So uh, remember that. And let steadfastness, what's the other word? Perseverance. And let steadfastness, uh, the perseverance, have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Success in Christ, in Jesus, means trusting him through those very trials of our life as Jesus brings us to perfection and completion. Success for the believer is wholeness in Christ, in Jesus. There is something unique. Oh, let me say this. And wholeness is found on the other side of suffering. So they're like opposites. There is something unique about suffering, about pain, and also about adversity. That provides divine character in us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say in Romans chapter 5. Not only that, but we will rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And another word for endurance here is perseverance. And endurance, what's the other word? Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Adversity causes us to go higher. It causes us to, to be greater and also to trust deeper. Suffering, it expands our faith. Pain drives us into the arms of the Father, which is God. And as we learn over and over and over again, to trust in our Heavenly Father through any and every situation, our capacity to hope, it increases. Our capacity to be faithful also increases. We learn to persevere because of the promise, say promise, that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, as we grow in, our, in faith and learn to follow Jesus, we must also learn to keep our eyes on him no matter how difficult or seemingly impossible the circumstances or situations get in our lives. In our last sermon series called Passion, we were reminded of this very fact. We must keep our eyes on the cross of Jesus. We must keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ no matter what. Paul talks about this throughout his letters. But there is one place in the book of Philippians that I find especially touching. Here's what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul's motivation here is simply Jesus. Through various trials, 
through suffering, through persecution, Paul presses on. You get the feeling that he's learned to count it all joy, just like James says in his letter. You know, in the 18th century, a guy named William Wilberforce said that our motto must continue to be perseverance. And ultimately, I trust the Almighty with crown, that he will crown our efforts with success. And success for the believer is to finish the race and receive the promise of eternal or everlasting salvation made available only through Jesus himself. Hey, with that in mind, uh, let's look at Hebrews 12 and the first two verses there. Uh, this is what it says. So let us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. What's another word for endurance? Perseverance. You guys are doing great today. Um, the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So people, my friends this morning, it says throw off any weight or burden that's holding you back from pursuing Jesus the way that you should. It says throw off the sin that is clinging to your lives. Run the race that has been set before you. And when you need help, I want you to think about three specific encouragements that come from our passage today. The first one, number one, if you need wisdom through the trial, just ask. Just ask. Whatever trial you might be facing, just ask for wisdom. Ask for advice. Ask someone to talk with you. Whatever you're going through, ask someone for wisdom. James 1, 5 it told us this morning, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. The second uh, statement of encouragement this morning, it says, don't let doubt creep into the process. Doubt and faith, they can't exist together. It's like oil and water. They cannot exist together. James 1 and verses 6 through 8 told us today, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-bonded man, unstable in all of his ways. And the last specific encouragement this morning, number three, simply stay humble. Stay humble. Be careful not to think too little or too much of yourselves. God's love, God's grace, God's compassion, God's mercy, all of these things, they're impartial. 
verses 9 through 11 from our text today. It says, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flowers falls, but its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. You know, as we wrap up the sermon this morning, I said this earlier, and I think it's worth repeating, so make sure you're listening. Adversity, it causes us to go higher. It causes us to, to be greater. And it causes us to trust deeper. Suffering expands our faith. Pain drive, drives us into the arms of our, of our Heavenly Father, which is God. Hey, uh, a lot of you guys, you know, I've been here a long time uh, at the church. And a lot of you guys remember what happened to me New Year's morning, 2019. What a good way to start the year off. So if you don't know, um, I, I, I was battling a headache for a couple of days, and uh, I stepped into the shower that morning and told my wife, Erin, uh, that hopefully the headache would you know, go away if it uh, got me a shower. Hey, guys, I, I remember opening the door to our shower, turning the water on, Next thing I remember, I'm waking up in a rescue truck outside my house. And just long story short, uh, evidently got in the shower, slipped, hit my head, broke my back, broke my good shoulder over here, broke a rib, and it beat me up. I was in pain. And I can tell you, through that pain, my personal relationship with Jesus Christ got a lot better. And it's terrible that it had to take pain for that to happen. So again, pain drives us into the arms of the Heavenly Father, which is God. And we learn over and over and over again to trust God through any and every situation. Our capacity to hope increases. You know, so what should we do? What should you and I do? We should count all the various trials of our lives as joy, for they are producing something immeasurably valuable in us. The last verse in our passage today from chapter 1, verse 12. This is what it says, and let me read it to you. Um, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Let me read that one more time, saying it a, a, a little differently. Blessed is the person who remains steadfast under trial, for when they ha- have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life. As many of you know, and I said this before, you know, our head pastor Tim, um, his family, Uh, his siblings, Elaine, Mike, and Jim, they lost their precious mama this past week at the age of 93, almost 94. 
You know, when, when I read this, this verse here, I think about Miss Jane. She withstood many trials in her life. Um, yesterday at the service, you know, we, we were told, you know, when she was growing up down in Mississippi, um, the depression was still going on. They didn't have much. But her parents did everything that they could do to, to make sure that Miss Jane and her siblings grew up in the best home that they could grow up in. Life was, was poor. It was terrible back then. You know, just fast forward in a few years in her life, she went through a divorce. And she was a single mom having to raise four kids by herself. And as most of us know, her health was a big trial during her last years here on earth. Congestive heart failure was the last health crisis or trial that she faced and that she battled. But man, what is Miss Jane doing this morning? What is she doing right now? I'll tell you what she's doing. She has received the crown of life that James described for us. Because she, she went through all these trials in her life. She remained steadfast. And now she's wearing that crown in a place that I want to be. And hopefully you do too. Because she is now residing at the feet of our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ in heaven in eternal glory. She no longer has to endure the trials of this earthly life. But hey, you and I, we're still here. Still here on earth, still in this life. And this coming week, I want to challenge you to think about the various trials that you are facing or maybe that you have faced. What have you learned from them? Every single trial that you have been through. What have you learned from them? What could you have done differently? How would or how could you help someone else who's currently right now going through a same trial that you have already been through? How can you help those people? And if you're in the midst of great suffering here this morning, please know that we, every single person here in this room, in the sound of my voice, we are with you. And that's important. Don't think that you have to go through these trials, these situations by yourself. Don't think that at all. Because, hey, I know from experience, it's cool to, to have someone else to talk to and be encouraged from if you are going through something in your life. Find somebody. Like I said, find someone here in this room. We are here for you. And let me remind you of this great promise. God is here for you. Jesus is here for you. And keep praying because I'm telling you, God has heard every single one of your prayers. Keep praying. 
Remember to ask for wisdom. James told us that today. Ask for wisdom. Remember to exercise faith. And remember to stay humble throughout the process, throughout the trial. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you so much for the words of James today, for the, for the words of the Apostle Paul. God, I just pray that we can apply these words to our lives. God, each and every single one of us is going to go through some kind of persecution or some kind of trial in our lives. You know, I believe that that has happened to a lot of us in here already. Maybe we're still going through something right now at this very minute. God, I, I, I just pray that we could take some of this advice, that we can talk with others, that we will keep praying. God, I just pray that we could keep going through these trials. God, hopefully the trial will end, but let's keep going. Let's steadfast in these trials, in the persecution, too, that we might be facing. Because as James recorded in, in verse 12 today, we steadfast through all these things going on through our lives, God, when, when we cross over to that other shore that heavenly shore you will give us the crown of life and what a promise that is God we thank you so much that Miss Jane is there this morning but God we do continue to lift up her family as I know they do miss her on this side of heaven God, just be with us now. Be with us through the thick and thin and every trial that arises in our lives. I pray all this in your name.